If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, uh, so, you know, we've heard some kind of some bad news lately in it's the world been a of while since we've done an episode that we didn't have either an interview or we had a mm. uh, Q&A. I mean, yeah. where we just talked about some fucking and shit going on in the industry discussing things yeah we uh, i mean we we start off by kind of doing some chit chat and we talked about um some popular shows and theaters and a little bit of chit game of thrones of and justin's uh truck disaster yeah. uh, lack of integrity but auto. then you know earlier we had we were talking about kind of rich piana who just passed away um, and then the world of bodybuilding, the dark side of bodybuilding. So most of this episode, we talk a little bit about that. And, you know, uh, I ask Adam quite a few questions about um, how he coaches people through this process and mm-hmm. what it's like before a show and after a show and just the mental side, because I've never competed myself, but I've, I know quite a few people who've competed. And for those of you who have competed, you know that there is a dark side to this extreme you know, f- you know, fitness. We need more Adam coaches out there for sure. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, it can be a dangerous uh, sport uh, in terms of nutrition. It can be dangerous in terms of the drug use. The training can be excessive. Just the whole mental side of it. So we talk a lot about that in this uh, particular episode. Uh, also, I think today's the final day. It is for the promotion, right? If you want to get on that form for free before it goes up. This is the final day to get free access to our Mind Pump private forum on Facebook. All you need to do is enroll in any of our maps programs or any of our bundles, including our super bundle, which includes most of our programs. It's one year uh, of exercise programming. So enroll in any of that stuff, and you get access to our forum for free. You can find it all at mindpumpmedia.com. Hey, that Game of Thrones... Oh my god, oh, dude! Fuck, yeah. Holy so fuck! Oh, it's gonna be tough waiting. How long we gotta wait till next year? Like 2019. What? That's what I heard. So you know what's funny? This is what I was thinking while I'm watching this. Okay, seven million people watching this. Doug, are we hot? Yeah, we are. Seven million people watching this. This is what this is what I was thinking last night. Okay. Okay. Somebody needs to do this. I don't know why we haven't seen this already in Hollywood. When you have a show like that, you yeah. get seven million people. And I don't remember what a big box office hit is for the movie theaters, but tell me you would not go watch a three-hour movie Made this, on that. this January on just that sh- the ending. Like, could you imagine it oh, all? Yeah, three hours, all like three. Of course, and a- it's going like to go that. opus. Yeah, it's got to yeah. go that direction, right? Why wouldn't it? Because they've already made movies based on video games. Wow, they've made movies obviously based on books. Well, video Why games have superseded. Uh, revenue wise, so Entourage uh, kind of did this. Entourage kind of did this. I don't know if you guys are, did you guys know that or not, but Entourage went to the movies. Yeah. So there was a there was a a movie Entourage, and it was basically just a longer extended version of the the show. It was okay, but it wasn't. It was no different. But it wasn't than, like the finale, right? It, it was, wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the finale. It was just Entourage, the show, and they can. And I'm sure it made enough money to have paid for the budget that it had on it, so it was fine. But. I think something like this, like the lead up, tell me. Dude, totally. You, you could would, do that to Walking Dead. You could do that to some of these other real popular Right, Breaking shows. Bad. Breaking a lot of bad, these a yeah. lot of these really big ones with deep plots, right? A yeah. deep plot, and then you have a, a, a two-hour or three-hour film or even a two-part 
you know, two two hour movies that you sell at the movie theaters, and then totally. you then you fucking rake it. But then you got to ask yourself, like, are 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 they getting to the point where it's not going to be profitable? You know what I mean? Where it's not as profitable as them investing that money and time. Well, they're already just- they're already like think about it, right? You already you already had the money for you're already paying the money for the hours to create the series and do all those things. How much more different is it to create it as a movie? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like to promote it, put it out, like. At some point, I think I personally think at some point the Hollywood big Hollywood production movies are going to go down because mm. it costs so much to make. It's such a big gamble. Well, it could be like more of a pay per view thing, right? So like you could have like yeah, a, or big, a big place to host it. Yeah, I see what you're saying though. Yeah, yeah, because like it's totally an event, dude. Everybody's I would, like totally. I would pay. Those. I would pay at, at least. Okay, I just paid for McGregor's fight at a hundred bucks to watch that thing. Right. To watch a Game of Thrones. Four hour yeah. special of like <laughs> how this thing is supposed to play out now, or with that extension to what we just finished. Like especially getting me right after this week, like next weekend, yeah. pay per view, one hundred and seventy five dollars. Watch the four hour Game of Thrones. Fucking a, I'm paying four hours. No, nope, yeah. and yeah, and the high def upgrade, and for both TVs if I have to. Whatever, dude. That's I'm paying for that. <laughs> oh, I'm eating popcorn. Right. There's yeah. no. There's no way I'm it's not happening. doing that. That's crazy though. Why are uh, jujubes and everything? Somebody school me. We always have somebody on our phone who is uh, really smart and has experience somewhere <laughs> in a field that I am talking about yeah. that I know nothing about. They let us know. Yeah. So let, look at this. Look at Modius on the sidebar of Doug's computer. Oh, yeah. Holy. Following us around. Wow. Yeah. Probably because yep. he looked it up Cookies. at some point. Of course. Justin, I want to hear about your uh, what happened to your truck, oh dude. God, dude. You were all pissed off or something. P- yeah, because, okay, this is probably like right before you guys, well, probably right after you guys left, but I, I had um, used my time here to... Um, get some errands done that, you know, have like, you guys are gone, whatever. I, I decided to take my truck in to just get a uh, oil change. And so I didn't take it to like, you know, the dealership or anything. And it's a brand new truck. Um, just for an oil change. Yeah. But it's an oil change, right? Yeah. You yeah. can't fuck up. An oil no, change. you got a j- Jiffy Lube or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to this lube, you know, quick lube and it was like an extension of this place. Um, which I'm debating whether or not to blast their name out right now. So I may come back and blast them later. Tell us the story, and then me and Adam will decide if we should okay, blast them Sure, out. no problem. Okay, so Maybe you're just emotional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we'll, we'll help you. Okay, cool. So basically, um, I, I got the oil change. You know, it took like a ridiculous amount of time for them to do it. They were just, you know, taking their sweet-ass time with it. So already up shit creek with you. Just pissed off because... Next door was a park. So I was like, oh, this is convenient. I can, like, you know, go with my kids and we'll go to the park and then come back. It'll be done. Four hours. It took four hours. Whoa. Was there a line or something? No, not really. I mean, they're just like fucking taking their sweet ass time. Just to do oil? Nothing else? Nothing else. No timing belts, anything crazy. Wow. Nothing. Right. So I basically finally, like, they're done. I get, I'm like, God, that took a long time, huh? And they're like, ah, you know, blah, blah. We're waiting on some special oil or whatever bullshit, you know? And so I went a couple of days and realized uh, my truck's leaking. Like, it's it's leaking oil. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm, I have this, like, puddle in my driveway. Oh, shit. And uh, I look, and it's, like, kind of like, it's like a creamy oil. It's, like, not just, like, oil. It's, like, a cream, like, you know, it's mixed in with something else. And uh, so kind of was like, oh, fuck, I got to take this back. You know, something happened. Like, I got to take it back. They got to look at it. Like, maybe something's wrong with the filter or whatever. So they're going back, and then they're kind of shuffling, and they're they're like, yeah, 
you know, maybe maybe like it's not like a, as tight of a, a seal because they use the different type of filter, whatever. And then they're like, you know, and they're kind of squabbling, trying to make sense of it, whatever. And um, then finally, like uh, after they try and figure it out, like, oh, we noticed another horrendous problem with your truck. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a brand new truck. And they bring me back and uh, show me underneath the, the undercarriage and everything. And uh, that creamy consistency, that, that, that fluid um, on the other side was just all over the place. You know, like it was like leaking excessively. And uh, they're like, oh, it's a horrible problem. It's probably a factory issue. It's probably a factory problem. You know, like they showed me that basically what had happened was all this oil was mixed in with the coolant. And they're like, oh, my God, maybe it went in through, like, the engine block. And, oh, or maybe, fuck. Maybe you blew a, a head gasket. Did these guys pour oil in your fucking radiator? You fucking jumped the gun, and yes. Holy oh, shit. These you- motherfuckers poured oil in my coolant. <laughs> Are you fucking that stupid? No wonder it took so long. Oh, bro, we, can, probably found- we can sell this. Who's the, who's the come business? We have to sell it. How do you know? They, wait, hold on. How do you know that they did that or whatever? Because Is- I took it to the dealership. And they like assessed the whole thing because I had to get it towed all the way to San Jose. And what do you mean? How do they know, bro? If you if you got fucking radiator, well, no, 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 I'm try- if, if you have coolant and oil mix, for sure that's what they had to do. Yeah, but they're trying to say that like it, was it, a factory it came in like it was a factory issue, and they're trying to look at all these forums to justify their fucking shitty job, right? And so, oh shit, how do you fix that now? Well, they they had to replace my my radiator and all the hoses and everything, but it's actually that's the blessing. Because, like, the other alternatives, I have to get, like, a whole new engine. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Yeah, you could definitely get, shout their name out. Yeah, fucking Integrity Auto. <laughs> <laughs> you can suck my dick. That's that's the name of the business? Integrity. Integrity? I was, like, was going to go out there and spray paint no. Yeah, right, so, yeah. like, you don't deserve that name. So okay. no wonder they took four hours. What probably happened is some numb nuts. Did he that. probably fucked it and up. Then and then he's like, tri- "Oh fuck, what do I do now?" I and bet you. I bet you. Scrambling. I bet you money. You're right, Sal, because that is way too long for an oil change, especially one of those places that motherfucker probably fucked up. Probably tried to fix tried it. Tried to fix it yeah. for four hours. Right. And they're like, "Ah, shit." Probably uh, to drain. Well, yeah. We'll just leave it in there. So, and here's why you're allowed to, because to, you know what mistakes happen right yeah and, and i'm not and you guys which asked would have been great if they would have admitted it not tried to cover it up okay see then that's how i i feel like i wouldn't blast them i know? feel like how you handle it after after afterwards is what really matters yeah, right because everybody has everyone fucks up in my because no, they dismiss it immediately oh your warranty will cover this your warranty and they're trying to like push me out you know what i mean and i'm like wait that doesn't leave you uh you know like innocent from this like you fucked up admit you fucked up and, and do something about it right right so what did the dealership? What was the dealership saying when you got there? Did they were they like what the fuck was it? Was it? Yeah, they were just like they were like baffled by it. Does this? Did they say this happened? Has ever happened to another truck before? No, they didn't say any of that. There was nothing in the in the um you know in the forums like he was just pulling shit off the internet on Google and like googling shit. I'm like, you can find anything on Google, you <laughs> fucking guy, fucking Sal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Hold on, let me see if it's uh, if that. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch. You'll let probably me, find yeah. ten things right now. <laughs> I had oil in my cool. Yeah. It's fucking weird. On the on the keto yeah. uh, whole sweat, fork, on the like, keto forum, there's yeah. somebody. Somebody uh, died. I still don't have it. Somebody died last week. Yeah. Actually, somebody did. Speaking of dying, dude, man, we've had oh a God, rough, yeah. we rough like little while here. Dude, in two, bodybuilders two, two huge names, huge names in the bodybuilding world passed away this past week. When I, you know, and I got all these inboxes and messages because I would only get reception on my phone when I hit the ports. And I saw it everywhere, and uh, I actually ended up. I went and paid for some Wi-Fi time just so I could look this up because I couldn't believe it that both Dallas McCarver and Rich Piana, Rich Piana yeah. died this last week. Yeah. Holy! And Dallas McCarver is only twenty six years old. Yeah, he's a fucking baby. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's, dude! You know what's when whenever something yeah. like this happens because you guys know bad. I was a, I was a big fan of uh, bodybuilding in the nineties. Uh, you know, as, as a kid growing up. And there were quite a few bodybuilders from the 90s that died or had some chronic health uh, issue. And what always happens when somebody dies who's in bodybuilding is you get the knee-jerk reaction of people who are like, Oh, steroids. Oh, it's tons of steroids, tons of steroids. Which I can't stand that either. But then you get the flip knee-jerk reaction. The other side. (laughs) Which is like, no, it wasn't steroids. Steroids are safe. The lifestyle had nothing to do with it. You know, it's it was something else. It you was wrote, a really, you it wrote was, a really good post. So if you're listening to this and you haven't read the post that Sal wrote, I thought it was I thought it was well written, and I think both sides need to hear that because I, I think you're right. so right. I think that you this when something like this happens, we get a, we divide everybody. Either you're pro steroid so much that it's just like it can never be that. It could never be anything like that. They're totally fine. We have plenty, and that you can argue that all day long that we've got all this stuff to show that you can be completely healthy and utilize them pretty much your whole entire life. And in fact, there's even some health benefits to taking them. So yes, I've seen and heard all the fucking debates and science. Then you have the other side that wants to blame, you know, and start connecting all these these mm-hmm. bodybuilders dying mm-hmm. in correlations to steroids. So, no. there's it's, So, first off... There's a little uh, bit of both going on here. There, there can definitely be a little bit of both. Uh, and I think we should talk about this because we have a lot of people who listen who are maybe not necessarily competitors, but they follow the world or they're very motivated by, um, you know, building muscle and, and kind of they, they know of that world. I mean, I was like that as a kid. I know Adam obviously was uh, is a pro physique competitor, so he's in that world. So, first off, Dallas McCarver... The, the story is that he died choking on food. So I had that would have nothing to do with... That's the current story as, as of the time of this recording. Um, so that has nothing to do with the bodybuilding lifestyle or anything else. That could happen to anybody. And it does actually happen quite a bit. It's very sad, but um, mm. it happens actually quite a bit. Do you know statistically... I know you're Mr. Stats and remember all this stuff. Do you have any idea like how many Americans die a year from choking I don't is, know is but is it like I mean because you I actually thought that was really rare and you actually no it's me, quite me jerked on me and said actually happens more often than I think it's actually Dude. it's actually relatively cons- uh, uh, a high number of people every year I know Doug's trying to pull yeah it up right Doug now. can you pull up more than 5,000 people die from choking in 2000 wow so 5,000 people yeah. died from choking in 2015 which still in the grand scheme of these is actually extremely rare yeah because when you when you look at it, at, you know that's what in the world right there. Yeah. So I mean, you're talking about. No, I don't think that's the world. I think that's the U.S. You think that's U.S. Yeah, that's U.S. Um, so I, even then, though, it's still still five thousand. It how many how many billion do we have in the United States? Uh, a few billion, right? A hundred million. Three hundred million. Yeah, three hundred million. Oh, I yeah. thought we were. I thought we were in the billion. We're not no, billion. That's China. Uh, yeah. That's China. 
It's China, like China, and three China. billion in the entire world, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, more more people choke. Seven billion. Yeah, Seven billion. we're, we're all fucking off. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw numbers out there. Does that fall under geography? Does that fall yeah. under that? That's what I don't you, know. It's not, that was never my thing. Yeah, yeah. but you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> shit. You know, you know why it's important. But that's that's a bigger number than than a lot of the things that we're scared of. Like people, like assault rifles don't kill nearly as many. Yeah. Um, police don't kill as many. Assault people. rifles don't kill as no, many. No, not even close. The, the, the with all the, of all, ga- the gang violence all over the world, not, not even five. Doug, you gotta have to Google this now. No. Now you got me now. The down the, oh, but but now guns. I'm challenging Google, the Google Master right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No assault <laughs> rifles. So yeah, the vast the vast majority of deaths by gun are done by handguns. Yeah. Uh, assault rifles are such a tiny fraction of total total gun deaths. Uh, so the, that's funny when you. The reason why I'm at, I'm wanting to look because before I make a statement like that's crazy because we put so much. Uh, emphasis on getting rid of these fully automatic weapons because they're so dangerous. Yeah. When in reality, no, there's a few thousand people. Yeah, but how that- are you going to conceal that? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But anyhow, um, you know, growing up in the '90s, there was all these bodybuilders that I followed that died, um, and a lot of them were the result of their lifestyle. So it's not just because the argument is, um, you know, the steroids. It's the steroids, or it's not the steroids. And I don't like to say it's the steroids. I like to say it's the lifestyle that makes it such a, um, I guess, dangerous sport. Although the sport itself is not dangerous. Again, it's the whole. It's the whole lifestyle. But you know, Mike Matarazzo, bodybuilder that I followed uh, quite a bit in the '90s, love the guy. Died of uh, heart attack at I think it was like 47. Mm-hmm. Andreas Munzer, you guys remember Andreas Munzer, mm-hmm. super shredded bodybuilder, died of uh, what you know internal bleeding, probably the result of all the diuretics and other drugs that he was on at the time. Mm. Uh, Muhammad Benaziza, diuretics. Um, there was, uh, God, I'm, let me see if I can look up. Oh, Greg Kovacs. Do you guys remember him? He was like this massive bodybuilder, didn't place very well, um, but he died of liver failure. Uh, the Menser brothers died. Nasser El Sambadi, who was very, very high-ranking bodybuilder. That was the black guy, right? Those no, no, no. He was like that uh, Middle Eastern bodybuilder. He was a uh, massive bodybuilder, and he lost... Competitions because his back was. Who was, a, who was the really good-looking black guy that uh, battled uh, Arnold? Don. Uh, oh, Arnold. I thought it started with an N. It's, oh, Serge Nebre. Yeah, that's what it was. But he died at an older age. I'm talking about guys that are dying dying in their 50s and 40s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's early. It's. Um, we should talk a little bit about the lifestyle of this extreme bodybuilding, and just what it kind of promotes. Because some of these people die of well, I don't drug think- use that isn't related necessarily to bodybuilding, but I think that extreme lifestyle kind of lends itself. You know, it's it's th- funny you wrote what you did on it, and, and that's why I, I really urge people to go check it out if they haven't seen, been to your page lately. I was talking to Katrina when, when the news came up, and you know I was explaining to her that you know people don't realize that you know 300 pounds – on on a body is is unhealthy just almost as bad for if you're obese and as if you're fit you don't realize that fit by fit i mean muscle and lean the the body just was not made to carry around that much weight it puts a lot of stress on all of your organs your your skeletal system like your your ligaments your joint everything is is stressed on that body it's just not natural to carry that much weight all the time and it's a lot of work for all those organs and stuff to to operate that whether it's your soup now mind you the guy who is 300 pounds and 8 or 10% body fat 
you could argue is you know potentially healthier than the 300 pound obese person yeah. but not that much more well, and, just look at nature you know like the bigger dogs and you know the bigger animals and like it's the, the lifespan is, is significantly different you know? yeah for the most part not always not you're right always, you're right though yeah. justin but for the most part but i mean think of the amount let's just let's forget the drugs for a second let's not even talk about the drugs because to be honest with you steroids if used properly are safe-ish they're not safe there's always risks but they're safe-ish if you use them properly um we won't even talk about the abuse of the drugs yet let's just talk about the diet if you're a 300 pound shredded bodybuilder you're eating a lot of fucking food right high amounts of protein lots of just think of your digestive system what it has to go through how much work it has to do you're putting miles on an operating system in your body that are unnecessary Mm -hmm. right it's not, and, and that's what I, and I know I, I'm sure I probably pissed people off when I said that, you know, they're obese person that's 300 pounds and the shredded person who's healthier, you know, that's an exaggeration for sure. But, but you got to consider all the things that they're doing. Like, okay. Right. The, and the, this, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Their system, that all these systems that you're stressing, mm-hmm. you got to think like the, their, his digestive system, right? I'm, and I don't know, cause I don't know their exact eating habits, but I'm, I'm sure that if he's carrying that much muscle mass and he's training as hard as he is, guys got to be eating upwards of 6,000 plus calories. Well, probably. Rich Piana ate, I think eight or nine meals a day. Uh, he drank massive uh, protein shakes. The thing about Rich that I really respected is that he was blunt, straight about it. Yeah, and he also talked about his dysfunction. Like, this is not a healthy lifestyle. This is not something I advocate. Uh, you know, don't do what I'm doing. Mm. Um, it, think about the roots of uh, the root of what causes someone to push themselves to that limit of anything, of any extreme. <clears throat> right? right. It's usually uh, rooted in some kind of deep seated insecurity and, and it's not just bodybuilding it's any type of extreme endeavor where someone's pushing themselves so hard to the point where they're 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 killing themselves and many times consciously doing it whether you're obese because you're over fat or you're a bodybuilder or you push yourself in, in other uh endeavors many times you're doing things that are not healthy for you but in bodybuilding in particular um you're doing uh, I so wish, I wish we had our boy uh, Ben Pikulski to on today this. to talk with him about this because I think he has an awesome perspective, and I know without mm-hmm. even without even talking to him right now, I already know like uh, he would have so much to say on this topic as a man who has gone through this and is now in search of this, you know, trying to lose a hundred pounds of muscle, mm. and and why that's so important to him and, and how challenging. Yeah, right. I would say that's probably that's more of a mind fuck than losing a hundred pounds of fat. I would assume. Oh my God, it's got to be. Yeah. How would you go about losing? I I, I know it's a mind fuck for me. Just the difference between when I'm ready for a stage versus now, and just that it's a it is a um, it takes a very um, self aware and emotionally intelligent person to be able to separate that body that you're building for stage and to be competitive yeah. and and real life you and how it's very hard to 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 separate the two of them it's uh it takes so much dedication and work to to be at that size and that it's a it's a lifestyle that if you're if you have any kind of insecurities if there's anything if you're not mentally sound and you go into extreme bodybuilding it's going to take whatever issues you have and it's going to amplify them. Mm-hmm. It's like you're not just putting your body on steroids. You're putting your issues on steroids, uh, you know, figuratively speaking. You are uh, amplifying all these issues because the lifestyle itself is extremely selfish. It just is. You know, if you're eating six, seven planned out meals a day, you're training a certain amount of time, you're taking 
anabolics, your and your I'm talking about the extreme bodybuilding, by the way. I'm not just talking about people who bodybuild. I'm talking about extreme bodybuilding. It's it's a very extreme lifestyle. Not only that, but you've already crossed the line, so to speak, when it comes to you know, c- consuming tremendous amounts of black market drugs that many of these bodybuilders also abuse other drugs, not just anabolic steroids. Right, People right. don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Bodybuilders at this level, I've known quite a few of them, and all of them, almost all of them, have abused painkillers at some point, have abused uh, other recreational drugs. GHB. Yeah, other types of things. And I've known some of them who've died, not from their drugs, the steroids, but from- Other drugs. Yeah. Other drugs. Yeah, Coke and stuff like that. All you're that doing. A, you're doing a lot of, of pills and powders and things like that that don't put calories on you, right? You'd rather do something like that as a as a bodybuilder for the most part, like not everybody's yeah. this way, than drink alcohol, you know. So, yeah. but you're also in that mindset already. You know, you're already in the mindset of where you're not. Uh, you you know the way you judge your health is very different. It's it's just how you look. Yeah, and you're Everything using substances to make driven. exactly to yeah. feel a certain way. So other drugs then it it, it blurs the lines, mm-hmm. you know, with other things. And so I've known quite a few bodybuilders who just abused other recreational drugs uh, as a result. I mean, think of the abuse that you put through your body. Adam, you competed. Like, uh, to just to get on stage, the abuse you have to do for your body, and that's if you do it right. Yeah, no, I I used to um, tell people as I was going through the journey, like, you know, I'm going to do this as healthy as I can, right, as far as making decisions and and the things that I would do to get that lean and that shredded uh, to stay as healthy as possible is keeping a a good balance with my training so I'm not overdoing it I'm still having a day off here and there and I'm not you know working out twice a day and doing all this crazy amounts of cardio st- and because I know that's not sustainable for a long time so I want to get in the best shape as I can before I start really crossing those lines but it's inevitable once you get down to if you're going to compete in the IFBB and uh, at the professional level, uh, it's inevitable that anabolics are going to be involved. It's inevitable that you're going to push your body to extremes that are unhealthy because the only way you're winning a show is if you're coming in sub 3% body fat, mm-hmm. and that is not healthy. It's not healthy to keep your body there, nor is it healthy to really take it there. Now, there is, now I do think there is something about pushing your body to new levels of leanness and and stretching those. Like I think there was a lot I think when I did my first fat to fit journey where I was 19% body fat and I came all the way down to 7, I think that was extremely healthy and I think mm-hmm. I did it as healthy as I possibly could and there was and it was good for my body to see that low of a body fat percentage and then kind of level out around 9 to 11% because I think that's a much healthier sustainable mm-hmm. range for my body and everybody's uniquely different. But most certainly nobody should be walking around under 3% body fat. It's just, that puts a lot of stress on all the, everything's on high alert. Think of it like that. Like when the body is that low of body fat, because body fat on our body is that extra reserve tank of fuel when it needs it, right? It's it's its resource. It's like, it's your savings account, right? And you're running, when you're running that low, you are constantly flirting with that over, overdrafting, you know, yeah. flirting with pushing those boundaries where you're going, now you're be having negative effects. Yes, you're fit and lean and you're you're healthy, but then you're flirting with that's a little unhealthy to push yeah. myself that far. It's yeah. just the, the extreme lifestyle of bodybuilding, the competitive lifestyle is, uh, it can be so unhealthy in so many different ways in the sense that you're either pushing yourself beyond where you what you should to gain or you're pushing yourself beyond where you should to lose or you're taking things to help you sleep 
or you're taking things to suppress your appetite or to stimulate your appetite. You're on anabolics. You're, you're, you're eating tremendous amounts of food and protein. I mean, kidney issues is, is way more common in pro bodybuilders than it is in the regular population. And I actually had people comment and message me after I, I did that post because I, I was very respectful. I have, by the way, I respect the sport quite a bit. I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I understand what goes into it and I, I'm, I respect it. It's just, I'm right. I talk I'm about, just, the, I talk about the same way that a fucking a grown ass man straps on his helmet and gets into a professional football game too. Yeah, yeah. We know that we know the studies that are coming out on the damage that's doing long or a man that gets in a ring and puts yeah. gloves on and decides to let his head get boxed around for fucking 12 Sports, rounds. Man, they're, yeah. They're, they're not long term. Like, and they, and the, none of them are healthy for you. Okay. No. And all of anything repetitively done over and over and at that extreme mm-hmm. is never going to be healthy. But see, so. the thing that, that that worries me about uh, bodybuilding that I try to speak out a lot uh, a lot about is that that people who get into fitness many times we're motivated because we want to change how we look but a lot of people who get into fitness then look at these people as the role models right and to they help have themselves the, they have the most issues man the, and it's the it's the you don't want to look there you don't want to do what they do because for the most part your body can't handle what they do anyway, so it's not like you'll be able. You're not going to get the results that they get mm-hmm. if you copied them. I mean, let's just start. Let's just start with the workout program. Mm-hmm. Like if you follow a pro bodybuilder, a pro athlete's workout routine, your body probably can't handle it. So you're not only not going to get results, you're going to get worse results. Uh, but let's say you copy their diet. Let's say I look at a pro bodybuilder and I say, "Oh shit, I'm going to eat like that because I want to be." You'll just get obese and sick, and you might not even be able to digest it. Or they'll say, "Okay, I need to take all these drugs." These bodybuilders can also handle these drugs. Uh, most people can't even handle them. I mean, if you put the average person on some of the doses that some of these guys take of everything from growth hormone, insulin to testosterone, many of them are going to have horrible side effects far worse than some of these pro bodybuilders um, and not even be able to survive them as right. well. It's just all the way around, it's a, it's a difficult lifestyle. And uh, I, you know, I've heard people say to me like, oh, if, if, if the lifestyle is so unhealthy, where are all the bodies? You're not looking. Like, just do a simple Google search and Google bodybuilders of the 90s who have died. You'll see a list of, you know, 20 or 30 bodybuilders or bodybuilders of the 90s who've had kidney transplants. There's quite a few of them. Flex Wheeler being one of them had to have his kidneys removed. And now I know he's going to compete again, uh, you know, coming up. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's kind of sad to talk about because, again, I respect the sport and stuff, but it's, I think, something that needs to be talked about. Well, it's, extreme it's lifestyle. And, and I wish there was more that were like Ben Pakolsky or like myself that are sharing all of the truth behind it. I think it's, I, I think there's nothing wrong with this. I loved it. I enjoyed the shit out of it while I did it for sure. Um, and th- there was a lot of positive things that I got from it, but I think that by no means that I, ever make people think that this is this is a healthy lifestyle or something that you should aspire to to be like and do in fact i would tell people at this point this is where this gets unhealthy yeah. and you know and what i don't like and when where i i think i speak out a lot on is you know i look at all the men's physique and the now men's classic and pro bodybuilder guys and you know these dudes that are year in or day in day out year in year out uh just never leave their whole life is wrapped around this gym to to have this incredible physique year round and you know all the all the cred goes to the, I mean it's unreal what some of these guys can uh, do and maintain year round is unbelievably impressive but the average person if if they knew 
what that entailed and what that person that person's life really looked like probably wouldn't want it. They think it because they see all the mm-hmm. and on Instagram. They see all the because we we all put our best foot forward. You know, what I'm saying the the cool the cool trips and the fast cars and the awesome clothes and the hot chicks and the buff pictures. Like you put all the good shit on there, so everybody thinks that. These guys who live in the gym, you know, two days, you know, two, two times a day, seven days a week, year round and carry their food everywhere they go day in, day out like that. They've got these awesome lives like I'm willing to bet some of these actually sacrifice a lot. And most of these guys that are honest and talk about the shit behind the show will tell you that, man, it's a very selfish sport. How, how tough is it on a relationship? Oh, it's incredibly. I So crazy thing. And this is why I've got so much love for my girl, because before I ever competed, I dated a girl that competed and she was, uh, she had an incredible physique. She went, uh, by her second show, she was already qualified to go to USA's. She took second in USA's and we were together for three shows. And I remember telling her after the second show, like I remember asking her, like, is this going to be what we do all the time? Because, uh, this is not what I wanted. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for the girlfriend that, Every time we order out, I have to. We have to hear everything out. So go ask the chef and get all these details on it, and then bring or bring in our Tupperware and pouring it on the plate. Like I was just, oh, we don't want to go there because I don't want to be, you know, tempted to eat this. Like I was just, oh, I was over it after two shows with her, and I expressed that to her. And I remember what it felt like to be the the partner who wasn't competing, and then for Katrina to stick through with me through six shows pretty much consecutively because I didn't take any time off of her year and a half, almost two years. I mean, God, she's unreal, man. And I'm an asshole as it is. So imagine I'm an asshole then on top of that. <laughs> then you're a cranky asshole. Right. And then I'm unbelievably yeah. selfish too. It's like, it's the most self. And so you got to think what kind of stress that puts on their, their personal relationships, their mm-hmm. friendships, their mm-hmm. sexual relationships. That's that your sex drives all over the fucking place. You're messing with your hormones. So, yeah. you know, one week I'd be, I'd be fucking horny as shit. And then it would go two weeks. I wouldn't want to have sex. Like, you know, you're up and down with all that stuff. Like we, we put this whole, you know, we put this, we facade. put our yeah facade on like we're so it's so great and we're so ripped yeah and don't get me wrong still to this day I've mentioned on this podcast multiple times the one of the most memorable moments of my life is was being in Vegas after USA's and knowing I was the fittest motherfucker in that entire place yeah but you know that that was yeah. that 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 part cool you know what I'm saying but you have to be able to disconnect from that and you went into it different or do that once you know or yeah. like twice or you know whatever like You're, it's cool it's fine you know it's just like the the lifestyle element of it like you said like i just can't i can't imagine people like loving that forever you know it's just like so ridiculous when well, i i have people who uh will inquire about coaching for me and they'll say i'm thinking about competing and almost almost never do i tell them because i'm always very honest and almost never do i say I think it would be a great idea for you. And it's not because I have something against competing. Uh, that's not it. It's that I think you need to be very so- very sound in mind in- and in body and in spirit to enter into that type of a lifestyle, which is a, and how many people a 24-7 lifestyle. It's 24-7. And how many people do you think you've met in your life that are like that? Exactly. Not very many. Like it's a 24-7 lifestyle. Because sleep is included, water is included, food is included, mm-hmm. training is included. There's drugs involved many times. There's the there's a little bit of a self-selection bias because people who tend to want to look a certain way tend to also be motivated by some kind of insecurity. Either they were fat 
or they were skinny or they just don't they don't like the way they look. So there's a little bit of that already. Yeah. So now they're going to compete and stand on stage where they're getting completely judged and scrutinized by how they look. It's, that's all it's about. And you're getting judged against other people who look amazing. It's a totally different world. You get so engulfed in this world that crazy becomes normal because now you're hanging around with other competitors. Now it's like, you know, it's like uh, it's like going on a forum. It would be like me uh, having a eating disorder, but I just around other people with eating disorders. And now we're just talking about it and it's totally normal. Like you enter into this world where all this craziness is normal and it just amplifies all these problems in you and it can cause some serious issues and the and the benefit the flip side of it is you win a trophy um it's a very difficult it's a very difficult thing for me to recommend unless i find someone like adams very self he's a very secure self-aware person business oriented he went into it for business um and he had his own challenges you you've talked about how you even had your own challenges doing it mm. um it's just a well, I, it's the same thing. I mean, with sports, you you mentioned other sports, and I, I do feel like, you know, at a certain point, like you need to challenge yourself, of, of course, and like you want to stretch your capacity further to, to see where your limitations lie. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's mm-hmm. actually something I would recommend, uh, right? No, no matter what that looks like, right. you know. So I'm not here to to bash. I know you know a lot of people probably think I bash a lot on on bodybuilding and, and all that kind of stuff in that world, and I don't. It's not. I, I as long as you know this is a sport and it's in your head that it's a sport. And it's not that you, what you're doing is healthy. Right. Like if and you're professing that me taking you know these supplements and then me living and eating you know these scheduled meals and carrying this shit with me and interacting with people the way I do is the way you have to live to have a healthy life. Right. Like, or you look like that. Right. Or to look like that. Or, so you know, just uh, I guess perspective. You know, just make sure that um, you know going into it, it's like. Okay, this is my intention. You know, I want to look my best I've ever looked, and you know, I want to, I want to see where I get, and then if I want to improve on that again and do another one, great. But you know, like let's remove the the health part of it, mm-hmm. and let's let's work on that. You know, adjacent so, to that. You know, Dallas McCarver uh, allegedly choked on on food. Uh, more than likely, you know, probably having to shovel down quite a bit of food because mm-hmm. that's another thing, and we talked about this off air about um, you know what it's like to have to try and consume you know upwards of 6,000 plus calories like I know it I there, there's a point and I know right where it's at for me like right when I get to a certain point and I would talk I kind of briefly talked about this on my insta story about a month ago where I was pushing to gain and once I once I, once I get to a point where I've you know I'm about 225 to 228 pounds, my body says I'm at its upper limit that it really wants, but from there on out, I can I can feel it. everything from how much I have to force feed myself. I have to really, and and that sounds crazy, but that's if you are try if if putting on that more weight becomes more of the goal, then th- these are the necessary things I have to do in order to do that. And at one point, you have to ask yourself, like you know, how much do I care? But you got to go in knowing that. Where I think that a lot of these bodybuilders portray it as like you said justin i think that that's you know i'm healthy and that you know we we celebrate uh with all these food pictures and how shredded and lean i look and watch me eat my pop tart and still look this way and you know so i think you're so right too with most the people i mean i what i was most blown away with when i got into competing was you know in in my career and and we we throw out numbers i've probably had a, a, a probably a thousand maybe two thousand 
clients that I've I've personally trained one on one over all the years, maybe more, and n- nowhere near. Uh, and the, so the total of them, the nowhere near was there the same amount of uh, food, bad relationships with food and insecurities that I saw with the you know hundreds I met in. Uh, bodybuilding mm. and that to me i was not ready for that I, I it's funny to me shame on me a silly me i should have known like been in this industry for as long as i have but i've I've never been behind the scenes of the and i like i wasn't like you where i even followed the pro bodybuilder world so i really was for a guy who competed in, in as in the ifbb i just fucking was really disconnected from them i'm just clueless really to a lot of these guys but it was very fascinating for me to to see this and go wow mm. So many of these people have, and more than the, you know, I'm I'm used to that as a trainer. We've had how many times have you had the super shy girl who walks in with her head down and she's a hundred pounds overweight and she doesn't even want to make eye contact with you and mm. she talks really poorly about herself. Like that's a common thing. You see that as a trainer. Like it's a very common thing. It was more common yeah. in the bodybuilding world. That if that that blew me away. Part of it is because a big part of it is when you are competing. And being scrutinized and judged on your body, and you train and focus so much time on your body, where a lot of times it's all day. Like that's what you think about. That's what you do all day long. Right. That you identify. Yeah. You identify very strongly which we, you with see, your body, which is what's dangerous. You see this in 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 many professions, right? Yeah. Many people when they identify with something, right? right, that right. They think that's them, right? You see this with uh, actors and actresses that that were like uh, celebrities when they were kids, and then they no longer are, and they 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 identified with being this superstar because that's how they were when they were younger, it's and now tough. they don't have it anymore. It's tough like, because when you identify with your body. At some point, your body gets older. You know what I mean? And now what? Uh, you have to understand one thing, uh, and that's you are not your body. You're not your thoughts either. You're none of those things. You're the person, be, you're the the entity, the consciousness behind all that. And and I know that sounds very, you know, uh, Buddhist, it's very Buddhism, or it sounds very esoteric, but there's a lot of wisdom in that in the sense that if you start identifying these types of things, you'll find yourself encountering lots of problems. Identifying with your body leads to abuse of your body. It leads to anxiety and depression over your body. And bodybuilding is just the world where that can happen more. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. But if you can separate yourself from your body and just realize that this is just my body, I can have fun with it. I can play with it, build it. I could sh- shrink it. I could get it lean. There's other ways to play. Then you're going <laughs> to, you know I mean? then yeah. you're going to, you're going to be in a safer, you know, safer position. Rich Piana, the thing I like about Rich is he was kind of this new breed of bodybuilder who is super honest mm-hmm. about what they do because it was hush hush. He, like, he didn't even compete, did he? It was, he did it. He, he was did, Mr. Yeah, he, California. Oh, he yeah, yeah. He, com- oh, okay. he competed at one time, at one time. And, uh, you know he he was uh God how old was he he was a forty six teen- no 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 he was a teen when he competed oh oh yeah he started at a young age his I think his mom or his dad was a bodybuilder hmm. uh, when they found him by the way they found lots of steroids in his apartment they also found some crushed up white powder uh this was on the police report so you know what though I they don't know what caused the death you know it, it was pretty low the amount though I forget what I forget what it was 
Did they say what they found? Yeah, it was um, fuck. What was it? Because I was telling Katrina like how much how much that would actually be, and pills that showed her. They made it sound like he had enough to deal and do a bunch. Like I can't remember. It was all his personal use. Probably. Yeah, it, it was even a, it wasn't yeah. even a lot. They exaggerated. I mean, you know, they exaggerated the dollar amount. Like yeah. there was seventy five thousand dollars worth of steroids in his house with the intent to. You know, what I'm saying it was you're like, like where are you getting that fucking yeah, price from? Right, right. It's, and it's like nobody pays that much. Yeah, for yeah. It. <laughs> nobody pays five hundred dollars a bottle. Black for that. market uh, <laughs> yeah, statistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But do. yeah, but I the re- the thing I respected about him, he was very honest about the dysfunction behind it all and the yeah. difficulty behind it all. And he never promoted it in the sense that he didn't tell people to live this way. Uh, but but just by looking at the guy, and all due respect, like I said, I respect the guy, but you can clearly see there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, image issues. Um, I you know there's you could tell he's had probably had some work on his face, and you see a lot of this in the world because you start to identify with how you look. And that takes you down kind of a dangerous path path where you abuse yourself uh, in different ways. And again, I'm not talking specifically about Rich. Again, I'll respect him. And, you know, I want to be very respectful because it's very recent um, that this happened. But the world of bodybuilding and following that world is it's it's like living in a bar and trying not to become an alcoholic. It's you can definitely do it, but you're so surrounded by all these issues and, and it's amplifying all your issues that I really never really recommend it uh, to, to most people. I, I just don't. There's very few people, like I said, that I've run into where I'm like, yeah, man, you would do great in bodybuilding. Yeah, most people can handle it. You would, re- you would really have to have the right attitude. Even myself, if, I, if someone, if I came to me and asked me if I should compete, I would tell me no, because I don't think I have, I don't think I have the genetics to do it. And I know, I think the last time I brought that up, everybody like mocked me and made fun of me that like, oh, like you don't have the genetics. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I do not have bodybuilding genetics. And I'll tell you some of the reasons I know. Uh, as soon as I increase over uh, 500 uh, milligrams of testosterone in me in a week, my body starts get, reacting like crazy. So I can't even put. I've you can't flirted, even take the amount. Of I gear. can't even take the amount that it would take to get to that level. I, my calves, I could hit them five times a week consistently. I've tried everything under the sun, and I get an extra vein, maybe a quarter of an inch over the last four years ago. I mean, I'm not. But it's I'm a just, dropping vein. I'm not. I'm not symmetrical. You know, sure, I have this this narrow waist and wide back, which is that was what was to I used to my advantage in these shows and presenting my physique. But I don't have a strong competitive physique. I've worked really hard for many years now, 15 plus years of consistently lifting and training and dieting to build what I have on me. And let me tell you, I lit off the throttle for a couple of weeks and it goes quick. Mm. And you see most of these guys, I don't know if anyone, uh, how many people are familiar with some of these dudes off season. They still look fucking impressive as shit. When they were eating like crap and doing whatever they want, they still have got bolder shoulders. They've still got unbelievable calves on them. Like the, these guys that are at this level, They've got the physiques, man. Not yeah. to say they haven't worked extremely hard to build more on top yeah. of that, but you know what? Though I'll say this too: even if you took all the drugs out of it, living the extreme bodybuilding lifestyle still, oh yeah, would be you'd have a lot of issues there. Even the high. I would be willing to argue that some of the other stuff is more dangerous than the actual steroids. I agree. Yeah. The, the, I agree. the extreme... And, I mean, and we're not talking about the other drugs, because the other drugs are dangerous. Diuretics yeah. are dangerous. Right, I'm, I'm putting dangerous. those all together, right? Yeah, like okay. I, I'm putting those... I'm wrapping those all together and saying that the use of the, the drugs arguably could be as, as equal to or per, possibly less... Uh, dangerous. Yeah, right? dangerous or detrimental to the body as some of the other extreme things, like just... 
freaking eating like that, you know, on a regular basis, over consuming that many calories and then restricting that hard and pulling the amounts of sodium that they pull out of their their body and taking the water away and over. I mean, it's just a lot of stress on all of your body's systems all the time that I don't know, that could be most the wear and tear. And then all it took was a little thing to, to well, knock you, off something else. If you look at, um, like Mike Matarazzo died of heart failure at 47. Now, he did have bad genes for that. He's, his, I think, I believe his father and other people in his family had heart issues as well. But he died at 47. Now, would he have lived longer had he not lived the bodybuilding lifestyle? I would say probably, and he even said so himself because he suffered, I think his second heart attack is the one that killed him. After his first one, he's, he, he, he wrote articles and he said, you know, I consumed a tremendous amount of meat, a tremendous amount of protein, a tremendous amount of food. There's no way it could be good for my heart. Um, then you've got you know people like, you know, Don Long, uh, I think his name is Don Long who had, uh, um, I think that's his name, um, Flex Wheeler and some of these other guys who had kidney, uh, Tom Prince, I think had kidney issues as well. If you just if you eliminate the drugs and just looked at the amount of protein that they consumed, we don't have any studies demonstrating, you know, eating three hundred plus grams of pro to four hundred grams of protein a day every single day for years. How that yeah, for, for years and years and years, how that's gonna be on the kidneys. We know a relatively high protein diet's probably safe on the kidneys if you're healthy. But those levels for super long periods of time, I'm sure that played a role. In some of the kidney failures that they had. It just makes sense. It does. Yep. Now, you're coaching uh, Melissa right now, yeah. right? She's going into a contest. Right, right. And uh, how many weeks out is she is, uh, by the time of this? We're recording. Two weeks. Two so, weeks well, out. less than when this goes, this goes live, I think, on Wednesday. Now, or... what are you noticing right now with her mentally when it comes to food? Because I know this is when <laughs> shit starts to fuck Yeah, you so, mm. yeah, but what's been great and uh, what I... And if I you, mean, a good thing is she's you're coaching her, so it, she's got And you. she's writing about this, so I, and I encourage people that, that follow her, what I that to check out her medium blog that she wrote because she's been she's been uh writing all about this process and what what it's been like um and i would say this so this last week i was gone in alaska so this is the first time that we've had zero communications and it's also when she's heading into the probably the most uh stressful part for her and and this is where and i told her i'd well be before we got here that you know once we get down to that and you i said you'll know because leading up to this she's been great she's been like man this is this no is, problem. Yeah, no problem. I'm, she, I'm not having her do any cardio. She's not like crazy low. Her 1,600 calories is are her low days of calories right now. She's training five, six days a week, like just been steady Eddie the whole way. And we have now, now we're getting to the final two weeks. And this is kind of where I say, okay, now this just turned into a sport. And she's like, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, okay, well, now is where this is unhealthy. And I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do, but we're in a, we're in a short of period of time right now where you're probably not going to overdo it. Be mindful. You know how we've been going and you want to every day from here on out a little more activity and keep in mind that the next day you got to do a little bit more. So don't overextend yourself and get crazy right out the gates. Just be mindful of how much you were moving yesterday, move more tomorrow, move more the next day and flirt with those lower calories. And then every third or fourth day we refuel the body back up. So she kind of knows where she needs to be. We're carb cycling right now. And she, uh, she asked me like, to kind of explain the science to her and what's going on. She's like, you know, I, I kind of don't know how I want to write about this. And I said, I'd avoid it if I were you. And she said, why? And I said, well, I have, I said, I, I have carb cycle and I've also utilized fasted cardio, but you don't see me write or talk about it a lot. And that's because I, I kind of have 
I have a different view of it and how I use it. And I don't completely uh, disagree with what some of the bros say about fasted cardio. And then I don't completely uh, agree with what all the, the science and the, what the like doc, like Lane Norton talks about fasting cardio and like what some of the things they say. And I think there's truth to both parties. Mm. And I think I use bits of that with my strategy of fast cardio. And I explain this to her. The sim- similar is carb cycling. Like, okay, we understand that when you lower your carbohydrate intake for long periods of time and you're catabolic, your leptin levels start to suppress. And we know that that basically is the signal that's telling your body to slow its metabolism down. You don't have a lot of fuel to burn. We know also know that by re-spiking it back up, shooting a bunch of carbohydrates back into your diet will now shoot the leptin levels up, telling the body you have more fuel to burn. So that the idea is that, okay, every two to three days, we're doing this, what we call refeed, where you're shooting extra carbohydrates into the diet. And it's basically to keep the body from getting adapted to that low level mm-hmm. of carbohydrate and calorie intake mm-hmm. and slowing it down. And so- And it's all based on theory, but there's a lot of anecdote. It's been done many, many times. Right. Yeah. And, and this is why I told her, I don't know if I would really write about it unless you take this position. And I shared this with her today that, you know, this is the position that I would take on that because uh, then you, because then you have other people, like I said, like our, uh, like Lane, who kind of mock people that, mm-hmm. that talk about fasted cardio because their, their theory and idea is like, it makes no sense to not eat and train when you're, it's so hard to do, to do the cardio that way versus somebody who feeds and then actually can get after their cardio. And it, you know, if you look you know, uh, apples to apples, it's pretty much the same. It's a net, it's a net sum, right? Now, is she is she experiencing the 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 like the food relationship part now, where it's like obsessing over food or um a little bit, but not too bad. I, I, you know, again, she's a smart girl. She's been coached by me since the beginning. So, I, this is when it gets yeah. I mean, what tough? What, where what I see with her, and we talked about we talked about this was. Um, you know, her water right now. So she's, I I have her four liters of water plus right now. So she's drinking a lot of water. So you, you start ramp that up. That's like part of the process. Yeah, I, I, I give them, because what I want to do is I want to, I want her body to get used to taking in that much water. So when I restrict some water, restricting is still her getting like a half a gallon of water, which is still a lot of water for most people, right? Yeah. And so... Um, but I do want her body, to, her body to get used to like flushing through that much water. So that's, this is the theory. This is the idea. Again, there's not a lot of studies, not a lot of science on how this works in the science. And this is where it gets very bro. And then where it says, because some of the bros pull all water and take that out. But yet you, you're neglecting the fact that 60% of your muscle bellies are water. So if you're trying to present a full look on stage, you don't really want to take all the water away. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. But there's something to be said too about the water that gets trapped between like your skin and your muscle and we don't know how much of that gets pulled out when you dry out so so then you have the other side that will do that which will they'll pull so they'll pull all this out to make sure they get that that rid of that look so again the theory is that we're going to increase her water intake and so right now i'm having her push more water so of course what's gonna what are you gonna she's gonna see on the scale 
And she's a weight gain. You're right. She, yeah. So her scale is kind of staying the same. Mm-hmm. I know she's still leaning out because mm-hmm. we're, we're catabolic. We're staying, we're, I know she is, but her scale is kind of staying the same and she's waterlogged because we're pushing up on water. So she's seeing herself. So it's a major mind fuck. And yeah. I tell her too, like, I said, this is really where the coaching comes in. And this is where it helps to have a second eye just remind you that, you know, just telling you that you're fine. You're right on schedule. We look great. And and I intentionally two weeks ago pulled water from her to show her so she to help her with this exact moment see, she's this having is, right This now. is where I could see I'm so glad you're going into this because uh it's right along the lines of what we're talking about. This is why where I could see the benefit of working with a good coach. Because I could see how the opposite could be true. Let's say she had hired a shitty coach. Then she could be coming out of this with a lot of issues, oh, not yeah. just health issues, but mental issues with the whole process. It's very. This is what I made most of my business I mean, off did, of that. What you did was brilliant by having her fuck with water before you needed to, so she could get an idea yeah. of what's going to happen, and so she doesn't get that mind yeah, it doesn't that, freak out. Yeah, mind fuck. And she and, I'm, and I know you're going to work with her after the contest, which but is coming out. Yeah, which is in for, differently. And correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but after contest for different different reasons is just as difficult. It well, as, it, as it's arguably it's arguably the most difficult. It's the most. It's always been the most challenging for me. I mean, personally, I think that leading up, like you, it's it's easy because you you're about to present yourself. That's it's like game time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like getting ready. I'm practicing, 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 getting ready for game time. Game time. Yeah. I had the game. Game's over. Like, do I just quit the sport? Like, and and because that's when you think about what a lot of people do is they just stop. You know, they stop. They lay they off the training, and then they eat whatever they want, and it's like that's that can head. You can go, and that's like the most dangerous time to do it because you've got the body so used to eating low calories and all this activity. There's no way you're probably going to keep up that activity, and then on top of that, there's no way you're going to keep up that low calorie. So the combination of the two of them is a fucking shitstorm for everybody. You know what? And also having a coach like you explain these things throughout the process, and knowing having that information. I'm placing. I'm trying to put myself in her shoes and imagine that I'm competing and you're coaching me. It would help me separate myself from my body. You know what I'm saying? Because you're explaining to me what to expect, what not to expect, what's happening, versus looking in the mirror, looking on the scale, looking in the mirror, looking on the scale, and working with some shitty coach who's mm. like, "You're eating you 800 more cardio." Yeah, you're eating 800 yeah. calories. You're doing two two hours of cardio, and you're not going to have any water. The day before, well, this which is, is what they do. This is yeah. what got me here. Totally. So the reason uh, I didn't just like, I wasn't taught this. I didn't just come up with this. Uh, this was this is what happens after I've trained so many. Especially, I had a lot more bikini. So I've I've done a handful of men's physique and bodybuilders, but I've trained a lot of bikini competitors, and a, a, a big portion of my business was built off of referrals from somebody else who got fucked up from another coach. Yeah. So almost every girl I took on was somebody who needed help with their relationship with food and exercise. So I had to learn, like, because they would, right away, we'd start, and then all of a sudden, the insecurities start coming up. Oh, shit. Like, we're just fucking starting. You're already, like, acting like this? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Like, wait till it gets deeper. And so then I started learning, like, oh, wow, I really have to set the stage for these girls to let them know, like, this is what we're doing. This is what's going to happen. This is why this is going to happen. Understand this is not good. This is not healthy. This is what it may take for us to do this. Don't freak out when you see this. This is what's going on. And why I also require them to track all these things, which normally you would think the whole, like, making someone take pictures in the morning and weigh in the morning and weigh at night uh, sounds obsessive, but it's not because I'm using it as a teaching tool. Because I know... 
and everybody who's listening right now has seen this before on themselves. And this is when the one thing I loved about competing and what it brought to my level of coaching and helping people was, you know, I never really paid attention to this until I got into competing was how dramatic the water fluctuations are in our body based off the, our carbohydrate intake, our calorie intake, sodium and water intake, and how much that can drastically change over a three, four day period and how much that's a mind fuck for the average person because how many people have decided they're going to get in shape and they decide they're going to eat better for a day or two, they start working out at the gym and they get on the scale and it actually goes up or stay the same. And what they don't realize is, oh, well, guess what? They started exercising, so they were way thirstier than they've ever been. They drink a half more gallon of water than they normally do, but they didn't really pay attention to that. Half gallon of water, you put it on a scale, that's fucking five pounds. Mm. Plus, they probably had a little bit more carbohydrates or maybe some salt and something, and now their body holds on to extra. Now, all of a sudden, you see a fluctuation on the scale. You, you as an average person who's exercising, sees that, gets discouraged, mm-hmm. or gets motivated mm-hmm. because, oh, my uh, God, I'm not where I need Now I'm going to kick it up a notch. That wasn't, burpees, that wasn't yeah. enough, so now I'm going to kick up the intensity. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to cut even more calories. But what they don't realize, that's just a body's natural. That's just natural. It's holding on. It'll release that. It's not a big deal. How much of your coaching yeah. when you're working with people is to try and prevent them from going the dark mental spaces with food and exercise and all that more than half wow probably probably a good probably 60 70 percent of it i would say a majority of the conversations is around the not worry don't worry this is what's going to happen i'll I'll, I'll tell you what for me personally uh i used to always wish that i was this genetically gifted like could be this bodybuilder this pro bodybuilder probably one of the best things that could happen to me was that i wasn't because had knowing where I was mentally with fitness, with my body, with my body image issues and insecurities, had I ever competed at the peak of all that, it would have been bad for me. I'd still be in it. I'd right, still yeah. be in that fucked up space. Oh, I could tell you worse. Right, worse I could tell worse. you right now, if I really thought I was good at it, I would fucking probably still be doing it because it's fun. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of things I enjoyed about it, but even going as far as I went, like. I know I'm not made for it. It took everything in me just to prove that I could do it. It was more like that. It was like, let me show people that I've got the knowledge to be able to build a competitive physique to get up with the best in the world. But by no means do I think that I've got the physique to take it all the way. Yeah, but you you did it as an adult, though. You know what I mean? You did it more as an adult. Yeah, mentally. Yeah, like imagine had you done it when you were like... Yeah, no, it would have sucked me off. Like 19 or 20. Well, and like you said, if I was was genetically set for it, like if I I touched my calves and they started to blow... Because a lot of these guys are like that. Not to take anything away from some of these dudes, but a lot of these dudes, just like the athlete, like Justin brings up the, the sport analogy, you know, there's kids that the first time they threw that football as a child... It, threw, it came out as a spiral. You know what I'm saying? Five years old, mm-hmm. threw the ball, and came, or hit a golf ball the first, and you just had it, right? There is guys that just, and girls, that just touch a weight and muscle builds on their body. You talk about your girl is like that, yeah, right? For a female, oh, yeah. like she touches weights and puts her mind to building. She, she could build, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is not my body. I don't give a, mock me all you want, talk shit, but I do not have that body type whatsoever that touches weights and builds muscle. It's a motherfucker. And it it's real quick to go. So I think people that have that at an early, if I had that at an early age and found the sport of bodybuilding mm-hmm. with my insecurities that I already had, oh man, that would have been a oh, recipe man. for disaster Yeah, that would have been me. a rough one. I mean, I guess that's the best thing to to do is if you're going to do this, uh, like check your space, like check where you're at and then find somebody um, like Adam that you can work with that's going to, you know, and if you, and if they're telling you crazy shit, 
Like use your, you yeah, know, how be smart about it. How many atoms are there? Not very many. It's like, unfortunate. I don't even yeah. know like any other coach that I would recommend. Maybe dude, like two or three. Dude, yeah. I had I had a, a, a online coaching client who competed years ago, and she still hasn't recovered. Her body yeah. still has not recovered, and she told me all the stuff that the coach had her do. Yeah, and it's um, that's all I hear. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Her her metabolism hasn't recovered. Her hormones are off still to this day. Well, this is the thing. Like, I mean, it's the only sport I can think of that you mess with your nutrition and your lifestyle more than anything else. Like, I mean, if yeah. if if I'm going into that's like fair. being an Olympic sure. athlete, that's going to consume my whole life, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not going to be at this facility. But even then, like you know, your average person that's trying to do basketball or do you know these other sports, like they're not even. I mean, nutrition is almost an afterthought, mm-hmm. you know, until... And even if it is, it's, it's more about keeping yourself fueled and fed. It's not yeah. about restricting, right, or yeah. over-consuming. It's a good point. So it's just, I mean, it's like an added amount of variables. Well, that, and like, that ar- it, it totally, like, 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 just, like, consumes your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And arguably, that could be the worst. I, I, it'd be interesting to see studies on that to show, like, what the overconsumption of calories and restriction of it for long periods of time like that and uh, carrying yourself, you know... That ex- heavy. That heavy for that long, how much stress that puts on all your systems. Well, excess protein uh, has been shown in many animal studies, uh, and there's evidence with human studies that it's got a pro-aging effect, that it actually uh, causes the body to age faster when done on a consistent basis, which is why, I mean, and we're all in this for, there's, there's obviously, even, even I am motivated by muscle and by looking a certain way in strength as well. And uh, there is a way you can play it that's a lot safer. Like, you don't need to consume tons of protein all the time. In fact, restricting it a little bit here and there may make the amount you do eat when you do eat a little bit more uh, more effective in the body, so you kind of use what you're eating more efficiently, um, which is better in the mm-hmm. long term for yeah. for health. But I'll tell you something: like if if you're listening right now, and that's all your motivation is just to be extreme with your body. At some point, your body's going to leave you. I don't give a fuck who you yeah. are. Take all the drugs in the world. You can only press it so hard. At some point in life, you're going to be sitting and you're going to be 60 or 70 if you're lucky. You know, not all of us get to live to, to the 70s and 80s and all that stuff. But at some point, you're going to have to deal with the fact that your body's just, it's not, it's aging and there's nothing you can do about it. And what are you going to do at that point? Imagine that, right? Imagine identifying so strongly with your body and then being hit with the reality of there ain't a damn thing you can do. There's no drug you can take. There's no plastic surgery you can do. There's no workout you can do that's going to make you look like you did when you were 20 or 30. Mm -hmm. Like at that point, you're going to have to live with that. And I have health issues now that I guarantee are the result of some of the shit that I did to my body when I was in my teens and my 20s that if I could go back in time, I would tell myself, don't do this, don't do that um, because you're going to pay for it. And how much muscle would it have cost me? I don't know, five, 10 pounds, not that much. Maybe maybe not even that much. Right. You know, sometimes I question- I know. Sometimes I even question whether or not I would have built more muscle anyway, you know, right, right. because I was healthier. You never even experienced, yeah, doing you know? it the, the right way. I, I, I would like to see more people like Rich Piana in the sense that they're honest. That's what I would like to I, see. Well, I think we're- totally. Because he was, again, I think one, he, of my, one, of the, one of the guys I respect the most. Oh, yeah, he's very transparent. And not because I like the way he looked or anything like that. It's because he was just- he was transparent with with what he had to do in his lifestyle, yeah. And he didn't necessarily glorify. I know other people did for him, mm-hmm. but he talked about how he would say many times. I watched videos where he'd be like, "You don't want to do this. Like, if you have the choice to do what I do, don't don't take this choice because I can't stop. 
Um, and I respect the hell out of him for it. And I think that's why he had such a huge following on social yeah. media is because so many like, people- like him or hate him, you got to respect that he's he's given out information on that, on somebody who's, who's doing it. Because there is plenty of people that are pushing their bodies to extremes like him. And at least he's given you given you the heads yeah. up on and claiming it's all from some he, protein powder, right? And he yeah. share he shares the pitfalls that he went through and and times that he's uh, was consuming beyond grams. They talk about his highest dosage. I mean, he gets into he literally shares everything mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So I have a lot of respect uh, for that. And you know, I I know that it, it sucks when you have like a. I mean, it's crazy that these two guys in the same time because you know for a while now we're gonna hear the. I, someone even told me that there was people making uh, the vegan community was jumping all over, jumping all over this oh as it's God. from the from the meat and stuff like that. That's why they're they're dying and shit. <laughs> and so you you're gonna see a lot of what shit. The health was right. Oh, I know. You're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of. Yeah, I actually got into that with someone the other day. I forgot to tell you guys. It's, uh, people are still still believe that really that, yes oh man it's crazy how powerful something like that is because it drops on netflix yeah, you just, know? i'm telling you guys we need to just create a documentary about whatever the fuck we want as long as it's in the documentary style it's authority mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah it's perfect I, I think i think you guys i think you can do bodybuilding if you if you really i just think that if you treat it like a sport like we said i think if you go into it um having already you know, practiced some of the things that you're probably going to have to go through with bodybuilding. And for me, I think practicing is getting yourself to the leanest you've ever been. So a lot of times I see what's very common um, from being from the coach's perspective. The people that want to hire me are somebody who has a friend who did a show. They want to get in the best shape of their life. And so they want to compete for a show because they, they know that that's what will make them get in the best shape of your life. I don't think that's a good idea. I think that if you're going to step into the the world of bodybuilding, I think the way that you should do it is you should practice just like any other sport and you should, you know, try and get yourself in the best shape of your life and see the things that you go through during that process and learn from them and maybe have somebody who's more knowledgeable or experienced in that area that can share well, you know, some of these pitfalls that may happen. or the, Just be honest. You're trying to get shredded to get laid. <laughs> Just be fucking honest. Stop with all this nonsense. Which, there's, Which I, you don't need to do the extreme crazy shit. No, do. I know. You don't even yeah, need to be that crazy. No, no not I had at all. A, I had a, I met, you guys remember when we first started Mind Pump? I, I, uh, Fries and Ranch? I want to shout out to my boy. I forget. I think it's Fries and Ranch is, is his, his Instagram, Instagram name. Fries and Ranch. He hired me. I love this dude. Hired me at, oh, I remember when we first this. started. We just started. I don't think we, anyone even knew who the fuck we were. I don't even know how he found I think he found me through Instagram and uh, hired me to, to help him out. And he's like, bro, I just I go to Vegas all the time. I've been following, listening to everything you say and stuff like that. I just want I want someone to help me do it the right way so I can, every time I have a cool trip to Vegas or like that, I know the steps I need to take to See? get And it was so he great. Yeah, I think I coached him three or four months. I don't remember how long it was. And uh, got him. He was already, mind you, too. This guy looked good, dude. The dude was already in good shape. I just took him to a whole new level of getting in shape and taught him how to do it in a healthier way and kind of explained the science behind what we were doing, why we were doing it. And then kind of, he really did most of the work on his own. But uh, it's fun to watch him because he does he does all the Coachellas. All the, I see his thing pop up in my feet all the time, and <laughs> he always looks jacked, you know. And he does it straight, and he's straight up about it, like, "Hey, bro, I go to these trips. I have a fucking time of my life." He's always got three or four beautiful women on his arm, and that's his thing, dude. And he's like, "That's how I." I to me, I feel like when you're honest with yourself like that and you approach it with that mindset and you can, like Sal said, you can detach yourself. You don't identify 
with that. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Fuck, it feels good yep. to be to be ripped and in good shape and to to have everybody looking at you when you work on the gym. That shit feels good. I don't care who you are. I think it's bullshit for anyone that tries to say that doesn't that that doesn't feel good. Or you probably haven't felt that before because it does feel good and you feel accomplished because you worked so hard to get yourself there. There's nothing wrong uh, with that. You and know? the bodybuilding lifestyle can can be very it can be a healthy lifestyle. You know, you go to the gym and you lift weights and you do your cardio and you eat. You know, you eat. Uh, healthy, you maintain a lean physique, um, you get good sleep, you drink adequate water. Like that's a very healthy lifestyle. It's the extreme competitive side that you know I think we're talking about, and what that kind of promotes. That you know more often than not, it promotes kind of this uh, uh, you know it's like the dark side, right? Uh, in with nutrition, with body image, with all those different things, drug use, uh, not just steroid use, but other drugs that it promotes as well. And I don't think Dallas McCarver or Rich Piana, either one of them, would have told you if you were to ask them before they went. You know, do you think that you live a very healthy lifestyle? Mm. I don't think either one of them would say yes, I do. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think they would debate that at all. So it's unfortunate that they do take these two cases like this, they probably lump it into bodybuilding. Now everybody, we're going to bash yeah. bodybuilding for the next month or two about how dangerous and how bad it is. It's like, uh, well, no, it just seems like a lot of the the wrong people are getting into the wrong sport. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you got all kinds of is- insecurities and issues. It's probably not the best sport to get you involved in if that's the case, you know, and that's the unfortunate part is, and for me, uh, that was the part that I was most surprised at when I got into it was, I anticipated, you know, just like you would if you played in this part. Like if if Justin went all the way to the professional level, I would expect in football, I would expect that when he walked into the the locker room for his first time playing for the Niners, that he would expect that the locker room, the coaching, the atmosphere would all feel at another level of professionalism. And so when I got into competing, I I went into it thinking, okay, here's my level of knowledge and understanding of fitness and everything I've been around at the gym level and this and that. Now I'm entering into the one percent of one percenters. It's the professional. It was going to be on this whole nother level of professionalism yeah, like and and, uh, and yeah. understand. I went in actually thinking I was going to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, okay, these guys have been able to take their bodies to a level that I've never been able to take my body to. Like, dude, I can't wait to to, to pick their brains and learn stuff. And it was completely the opposite. So that's what really blew me away where a lot of these guys and girls that you know they've got a million two million four million you know touring all over china and fucking all over the dubai and all over the world shaking hands and kissing babies and teaching people how to work out and eat and i'm thinking like fuck dude these are not the guys and girls that should probably be giving out information not trying to hate not trying to hate on anyone's business or that but it's like these probably are not the best people to be advising young men and women that are coming up and trying to get healthy and in shape. I don't think they have the right perspective. I think they're in a, most of them, not all of them, most of them are in a very unhealthy place and relationship with themselves, their own image and uh, their, their exercise and nutrition. I think it's not as balanced as they think it is. Well said. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Go to YouTube. Go to Mind Pump TV, subscribe. We have a new video every single day. Uh, in fact, we have quite a few videos with Ben Pikulski. We just referenced him in the episode. Uh, he's a bodybuilding wizard, um, and he's got some videos on our YouTube channel. Um, also, uh, 30 Days of Coaching, it's available and it's free. Uh, all you got to do is go to mindpumpmedia.com and register yourself. Finally, you can find us on Instagram at mindpumpmedia. My page is Mind Pump Sal. Adam's can be found at Mind Pump Adam. 
and Justin can be found at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.